0: got pushed back, and then people ran out there throwing bows and jumping, and I was like, oh, if someone had gotten hit, now they didn't, but I was looking at a guy that came through and he was just, had his arms locked up against him and just started walking through it throwing his elbows, and I was like, if someone gets hit by one of these elbows, they're, they're being knocked out. You know, you know, this is not a- speak to people often and we you get on the topic of music a lot of the times it's like oh what kind of music do you listen to and then if you say a genre that they're not adept with at all like they they, it's not in their wheelhouse at all like say I say classical because a lot of people aren't going to say classical right When they hear that term, that blanket statement, they're thinking immediately Mozart, Bach, (laughs) fucking Vivaldi, you know, whoever else. But clearly, like, if you understand music at all and understand the transference of things down generations and the evolution of music, like, it, the contemporary classical music that you can find online or on Apple is... It's leagues away from what it once was. Like they're using I don't even know how exactly that happens, but I mean the technology, synthesizers, all sorts of interesting shit being put into the mix of it, but it sounds nothing like that old stuff in the same way that any music that anyone listens to sounds completely different than the way that it did fucking 40 years ago, if it was around 40 years ago. Right. Um and I feel like it takes a lot for people to find a portal, like find a way into a genre if they didn't grow up on it. Yeah. Because you have to try to figure out, okay, like what do you like? And then you have to try to figure out if you know the genre well enough, something that they can, something that will be an, an, an easy conduit for them to find their way in. Um, Like say, you love Young Thug. I do so so free him so <laughs> hold on a do we need to free him do, uh, you you're like, i
1: need him to be free <laughs> for, for the
0: music for the music's sake yes do you do that for people that have violent crimes are you like free them so they can drop another mixtape
1: i mean there is something that someone needed that they weren't getting and they had to commit that crime like
0: oh uh, yeah oh that's a that's a fact yeah 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 I've talked about that before like just most crimes being I, I don't have and you have yeah but yeah that's pretty much it uh yeah no it's, it's pretty deep I don't I don't, I don't I don't know all the details to that whole YSL thing that they had going on yeah you know the whole was it Young Slime Life right like the this whole cohort of rappers right. producers slash street guys that were out there get, yeah I don't know much about that so I don't know if I'm trying to free him, but I do understand that there is a a competence in his music that clearly people haven't really been able to tap into like he has, like the, the melodic way in which he raps and all that sort of stuff. And that may be a way that someone that doesn't usually listen to rap could get into rap if they loved the melodic ways in which someone could use their voice, but wasn't really into super rappity rap, Kendrick Lamar, J. Cole, super lyrical, miracle type of stuff. Like, so it's just, it's just interesting, but I feel like whatever needed to happen in order for you to open your mind to music, that shit happened. And I want to know, when did it happen? Like, did you, were you always into a lot of different types of music or did, was there something that happened where you just opened your mind to, more than just edm or rap or (laughs) pop music or whatever
1: um i guess i think like when i was in undergrad like i had just transferred to vcu so i like hadn't really like found my social niche yet Mm. and so going back to my dorm and just like chilling and listening to music that was like the musicians almost became like friends for me is as, mm. as dorky as that might sound. But <laughs> right. um, yeah, so I feel like once I started like really like listening to music, because I feel like for a long time, I just was like, oh, yeah, Drake's on whatever. Oh, like okay.
0: So, OK, so you're just doing like top 50. Yeah. Whatever. OK.
1: Yeah. And then I guess I just started. I, like I actually started listening to it and like spending time like, OK, this is what I'm doing. I'm not just having it on on the background while I'm Mm. washing dishes or, like, anything. Like, I will, like, sit down and just be like, okay, I'm going to put a record on and, like, just listen to it. And Mm. and then once I started doing that, then I started, like, reading about music and reading, like, music criticism. Mm. And writers will be, like, drawing connections between artists. And then from that, then you can find more music. Right. And then also, like, things like I know, like... I'm kind of weird about the algorithm, but, um, like Apple music being like, oh, I think based on what you listen to, you should try this. And I like, I'm very open to being like, okay, even though it might be a little spoon fed to me, but
0: (laughs) Yeah. yeah, no, I think, I mean, listen if the algorithm's right <laughs> then the algorithm's right like if they get it if they get it together then then it's fine like i i don't have any issue with that i'll I'll click on some stuff and just check it out and see if it's the case cuz sometimes you end up with some good shit i usually when it comes to books and music get stuff from no i can't i can't say that a lot of it comes from people sending me stuff like actual personal recommendations that's that's a lot of things films books music but then there are other things where I'll be reading a book and there's like a book cited within that book. And then I might go get that book Right. or, you know, same thing with the films. It's like, you know, this is what you watched last time. This is probably what you want to watch this time. And I'll look through those stuff. It's fucking good sometimes, man. It sucks. It's weird. But because it does put you in this small, like, you know, every time you click on one of those things like that, that Mm -hmm. bubble gets smaller and smaller. And it's like, these are the types of things that you're going to just see when you open up your YouTube account. Or your fucking Hulu account or whatever the account is. Like, your Instagram, like, it slowly gets smaller and smaller and more catered to you. So, it's 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 weird. But I think that one thing that they recommend when you're – if you're trying to not get so caught up in, like, that bubble, your algorithmic bubble, is don't just click on the stuff, but type it in. Uh, like, yeah, because, like, that gives you more control over, like, what, what it is. So, yeah, just don't just click the things that they – that they put up there. I don't know. It's weird. Okay. But, and then, because you're also like this super avid, and I believe you still are like fucking festival goer. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. that's And so it's, I don't know why, but it's never really felt that enticing to me. My friend and I, one were just talking about mosh pits earlier. Now I have to assume that you've seen at least one.
1: Oh, I've joined in on
0: so, so at least so let's, many. Right, so so let's so let's <laughs> so let's talk about this because I'm trying to. All right, so what music are you listening to where the Mosh Pit is is even there? Is it even a thing?
1: Okay, so right
0: because it can't be. It's not. That's not made for all music.
1: It's no, it's definitely not. And like, sometimes I see mosh pits and it's like at a SZA concert. And I'm like,
0: what, mm. what the
1: hell? Like, why are we moshing to SZA? That doesn't even make sense. But See, you-
0: that's weird.
1: Right. It's like,
0: it's not even a part of that culture. Like, you can't just mosh during some soft, soulful.
1: Right. What the fuck is that? <laughs> no, but you go to like Playboy Cardi and it's hard and it's aggressive and... It's what the energy of the crowd is doing.
0: And so you are completely fine. So there's all right. Okay, you're feeling this music to a level where what is going inside your mind when you're like, I'm going to hop in the middle of this crowd or try to get in the middle of this circle somehow where people are being just violent and aggressive and moving about in a way that is unpredictable and sketchy at the least. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. First of all, it's not that violent.
0: Okay. So you're a part of less violent ones. Like, yeah. Okay. Because I've seen videos if, and I've actually seen one in per- just one. I went to like this place called, what was it like J- Java, Java juice or J- Jam in Java. Okay. And like uh, Fairfax area or Leesburg area. Have you ever heard of that? They have wow. a ton of live music out there in this place. Um, I think it's just like a little bar and grill type of thing. And then they have this stage in the back where people have open mic nights and little shows. But there was a rock band playing one time. And that shit, because I didn't know, I didn't know what was going on. Like a friend invited me because they they were going to be a part of a band. And so I was there with someone watching that. And then the next band came on and they were much harder band than the band that my acquaintance was playing in. And when I mean harder, I mean more like a, like type of band. Right. And that shit just happened. Like a, a fucking circle just expanded and everyone got pushed back. And then people ran out there throwing bows and jumping. And I was like, oh, if someone had gotten hit, now they didn't. But I was looking at a guy that came through and he was just, had his arms locked up against him and just started walking through, throwing his elbows. And I was like, If someone gets hit by one of these elbows, they're they're being knocked out. They're getting knocked out easily, easily, right? And I know that there are things that are way harder and way more intense than that shit that I saw a fucking jam in Java and Leesburg, you know what I mean? (laughs) So that's what I'm saying is there's a certain, there's music for every different type of energy that exists out there, right? And people are trying to find new ways of doing all of them, like nuanced ways. I'm just trying to figure out because I haven't felt what it's like for someone to want to run into that thing and fight, but fight in some controlled sort of way.
1: I guess it's just like kind of like just kind of letting the crowd wash over you, letting the music wash over you and just like letting your body do what what it does.
0: Letting it wash over you. That's okay. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah, because you're, you're a very vibey person. Yeah. So I could easily mm-hmm. see... You, that makes sense that you would even say that. <laughs> let the crowd wash over you. Let the music wash over you. And let your body do what it does. <laughs> <laughs> what was the last one you went to?
1: The last... That's like
0: a festival or concert.
1: Um, The last concert I went to... I went to like an EDM show for my birthday. And honestly... I'm like maybe I'm growing or something but Uh I was like I feel like I'm too old to be here (laughs) because I am sitting there and you know I had like smoked a little weed maybe had like a beer or two like I was not like trying to get out of my mind I was just trying to like chill listen to the music like whatever and I'm just like surrounded by people just like absolutely obliterated like completely fucked out of their minds and I'm like okay, like, (laughs) do I really want to be hanging out with all of these, like, 20-year-olds rolling Molly? Like, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know if that's, like, my scene as much anymore.
0: (laughs) Oh, wow. Again, see, so this is kind of, like, what made me smile and laugh when you came here and we were walking up the steps together is, like, you know someone and it's, like, a snapshot in time, you know, and then... And then again, I we we spoke, we went out to eat. Uh, we said a year and a half ago. Yeah. And before that year and a half,
1: I had been living in Richmond. Yeah, you had
0: been living in Richmond, right? I went down there to see you years ago. But again, it was all—it's very far and few between that we see each other. But I've always known you to be this person that just loved going to these places and doing all of these things that you're talking about. <laughs> and then now to to again see the the person again and now you're finally just like yeah you know <laughs> i just and even and even now it's still just like kind of like a question mark like you're still getting to the point you haven't even truly answered it for yourself but you're thinking yeah i don't know i don't really think it's for me anymore and it's funny cuz that's what time does
1: <laughs> yeah i guess it just depends on the artist too like if i'm going to a show where it's like an indie rock show or something mm. and like you can actually like Feel the emotions of the artist and mm. everybody's just there to like listen to the music then that's like a very different scene than um, like going to an edm show where everyone's there to do drugs and you, get fucked up
0: yeah that's a fact uh i was having this conversation <laughs> with a very near and dear uh love of mine and we were talking about d- do you know now well maybe you do maybe you don't These weed distributing companies like such that are in D.C., if you purchase from them, they have. First of all, let me just state how grateful I am, because when I was growing up dealing with like. (laughs) Drug dealers suck. Oh, my (laughs) God. They were the worst, like you gotta they're, they're always these sketchy guys and sometimes they do have it and sometimes they don't have it and sometimes you're waiting on them to come out of their house for 20 minutes or you're waiting in some sketchy part of town and you're like why are we here police officers must know about this place <laughs> like, why don't we go to like a normal place where people are I feel like it'd be much more inconspicuous and in a conspicuous but like it was just it was weird working with them um, and so when a, and I used to say, by the way, I was like, motherfuckers don't want me like these drug dealers don't want me to become a drug dealer because if I become a drug dealer, I'm going to be the best type of drug dealer. I'm going to have a business mindset. I'm going to be a kind <laughs> human being. I'm going to be punctual. I'm going to have great communication. Like It's going to be a wrap for the rest of these fucking <laughs> drug dealers. But I didn't become a drug dealer. <laughs> Good. <laughs> but the people that are now coming out in these decriminalized, you know, legalized states in provinces and selling in a grace in a graceful way they have all these cool little like bonuses that come if you buy you know buy so and so get something free you know what I mean like it's a real fucking business and one time and maybe I'm super late in the game maybe I'm not I don't know but a friend purchased some weed and they were like hey with this purchase of weed, they gave me 3 of these fucking capsules. It's like, "Oh shit. That's mushrooms." Oh. Like they people you can now purchase weed and have mushrooms given to you in these capsules, these microdosing capsules, and they just come or you can clearly just go purchase those, but you can just, they just come with like, oh, you buy buy a quarter of weed here, have three magic mushroom pills. And it's like it, in it the blew, nation's
1: capital. <laughs> it
0: blew my mind. I'm like, holy fuck, like that's where we are today. Like I just got mushrooms for free from a company, like the what? You can buy chocolate bars with mushrooms in them. Like, oh yeah, these things are crazy. And, <laughs> but the reason I bring this up is because you know we we you know we've clearly had our run-ins with LSD with, with you know psilocybin these things and they've been great and it's you understand what it's like to fully blow your mind like to take the full eighth of mushrooms to take you know 200 300 micrograms of LSD you know what i mean like 2 3 tabs we we know what that is and those are those were immense and beautiful experiences for what they were um but There's this thing of just scaling back Mm -hmm. and just knowing how much of something to take. And if you take just one of these little pills, I think that you get in, like, the best state.
1: Yeah. No.
0: Still super functional, just wildly relaxed. I was telling my friend earlier, like, I know exactly when it kicks in because my, my breaths get deeper. Oh, okay. Like, they just get... Very, very slow, and just,
1: and then you just let it wash over you,
0: and you let it wash <laughs> over you. That's the thing. That's the thing with any of these things. You have to allow it. Yeah. As soon as the resistance happens, you're fucked. Like you have to. You're you're fucked for however long you're going to choose to resist. You have to allow. Yeah. You, you have to allow. But um, yeah. So that's why I brought that up. It's just so crazy that that comes that way. But. That's all you're stating is, maybe I don't need to be at this concert completely blasted with these kids. Maybe I do a more adult version (laughs) of that. Yes. Like it would have sucked if like Jay Z never made music about his marriage and becoming a father and real estate and business deals. Like I don't want to hear you at age fifty making music like you were when you were 25. Like, things have to evolve. You can still be you. but It just, it's a, it just looks different now.
1: For some people. I don't know. I still want to hear Pusha T rap about <laughs> selling coke. I do. <laughs>
0: you know, and then there are the exceptions because he's really good at it.
1: <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> If it's not broke, don't fix it. That's so
0: that's so funny. He just keeps coming. It's so, that is so wild to me. Like this one guy, you know, regardless of what his real level of participation in the drug world was, makes these songs about pushing cocaine. And it's roughly every single song that he's ever made much yeah i mean if it's not that it's still stuntastic it's still like i'm i'm riding in a nice car and flashing money like it's going to be about either or i'm selling cocaine or i have a lot of money or i'm selling cocaine or i have a lot of money because i sold cocaine right Right. but it's going to be some mix of those things regardless in the last
1: 20 years for the last
0: 20 years every song every album (laughs) and it's just like yeah give me more like i'm totally fine with that that's so crazy That's so crazy. He's had a wild run in the same lane. (laughs) And who else has been like that? Who else has been able to do anything like that? Like, even Drake, Drake's had this wild run, but Drake, he's touched so many different fucking things. He's in uh, fucking Latino music, you know, like fucking Latin music with fucking Romeo Santos and... What the fuck? He's, wait, he's done some obscure stuff. He's done stuff with Lenny Kravitz before. Yeah. Clearly the Afro Beats wave, R&B, rap. Like, he's just been, he's been all over the place. But that's what he's had to do. Pop, just regular pop-ass music.
1: But he's still just always being wronged by women, you know? (laughs) Is that? That's kind of his vibe to me.
0: That he's always been... (sniffs) No, are you, are you? Are you? You listen? Do you listen to his music?
1: I have. I have kind of fallen off the
0: track. Yeah, chain. yeah. That's that's the thing. I think you fell off back when he was like being that person. After
1: like Scorpion, I was like, this is not great.
0: Oh, we. You know what? We had actually talked about that before. We actually talked about uh, Drake and his his trajectory and his uh, through his music and his success. And there's just a point where like Certified Lover Boy comes out. And, and it's like yeah like we we get it but that's certainly not that's why i questioned it it's like that's certainly not an album of him proclaiming to be hurt by women if anything mm-hmm. he's like y'all know what it is <laughs> <laughs> like i'm drake you know what it is
1: i get i guess uh his most recent album I did like that song, Sticky.
0: <clears throat> I didn't even listen to that last album.
1: It has like bed squeaking. Yeah. As oh, the it's, beat. oh, it's one of those <laughs> types of things. That's like, um, <laughs>
0: who did that first? Um, someone did the, uh, uh what it is? Oh, uh, what's uh, who who did that song? damn what I fuck? Is, I'm gonna someone's gonna be like, how the fuck did you not come up with the name of that song? <laughs> I think the song may have been by Crime Mob. Yeah, yeah. Okay, at least I got that for okay. whoever's listening and, and wants to <laughs> criticize me on that one. I believe that it's at least crime mob. Damn, I fucking forgot what the name. Is. Oh, I think it's called some cut. Some cut. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Hold on. You don't ever remember hearing some cut before? No, I've definitely heard that song. Oh, I just okay. Didn't. It, yeah, because I be- I believe just I just don't want to give this to Drake. Uh, you know this uh idea of using. Uh, a squeaky bed <laughs> to oh fuck it. i can't find it right now some cut um do you still do the podcast will you
1: honestly like
0: Trillville.
1: i oh there we go <laughs>
0: you know do you remember this at all i think- oh hold on a second
1: uh, yes, I've definitely heard this song. Okay. <laughs> um yes. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay. Um yeah, do you still do that podcast with your friend about music?
1: Uh I actually like school has just taken up all of my time. So yeah. uh, I haven't really we haven't really been able to do it. Um he's also like doing a ton of writing for different publications about about music, so like between both of us like our schedules have just gotten too busy to to keep that's, it up
0: so he, is that's his job is he just just writing about music in different publications like he, is that how he I,
1: has like a day job but then right. he writes for like some online magazines about music and film yeah mm. he keeps getting um he keeps getting what is it called when like people online like find your address and find doxed he keeps getting doxxed for his bad reviews
0: <laughs> wait so once they find the place then what happens they just send like, they
1: just like post about him online and like post his address damn like it's happened to him multiple times people are re- like stan armies are crazy
0: damn damn <laughs> <laughs> Wow, that's crazy. That's kind of wild, especially to not be because he's not writing for like a wildly large publication. No. That's what I'm saying. So it's even crazy just on a like a local or semi local level where people will find the fact that you had criticized one of their favorite artists or something like that right. in some way that they found was distasteful. And then now they're putting your address out. Yeah. So people can possibly find you, or what are they, or, what are they
1: gonna do? Or, like, so, so, oh my God! You you wrote horrible. You wrote I bad just, things about my favorite artist. Like what? But
0: that's that's cares. What, but that's the thing. That's what's wild. Is like mm-hmm. because what is the motivation behind putting the address out there? Like you clearly, mm-hmm. you're just like here's the address, and whatever happens happens right pretty much is what you're saying yeah that's pretty crazy that's because someone wrote something about an artist that you like that's fucking insane yeah that's crazy <laughs> that's, that's like yeah like you got to take that in consideration like that is insane you don't know just putting someone's address out
1: like you can just have a different opinion than the author wow. like yeah
0: Jeez, and i mean i could also imagine that I mean, I don't know your friend. But I think I listened to an episode that you guys did before, and he doesn't. It doesn't seem like he's just slamming artists. Like he's, I'm certain he. This is something a friend of mine used to say about ESPN. He he is a huge football fan, like Dallas Cowboys all the way. But he would really dislike that you would have these two sports news anchors that are supposed to cover everything through the fucking. Hockey, soccer, basketball, Olympics, boxing, it's like in order for you to really speak about any of these things, you have to really be a part of any one or maybe two of these leagues. You can't cover all sports. You cannot know all of that. Even if you're the hugest sports analyst with a bunch of fucking people beneath you that just do all the real research and hand you papers, Mm -hmm. it's too much data To try to take in and make real solid inferences about, you know, for so many different disciplines. And I think it's the same thing. I could imagine that whomever he is critiquing, he listens to or has some sort of understanding about their music, their discography, their history. Yeah. And he's not just completely talking out of his ass.
1: Mm -mm. No, he's he's always like. And even if it is, like, an artist that he, like, regularly listens to, before he writes the review, he goes back through their discography, listens to a bunch of different stuff. Then the album that he is reviewing, he listens to it, like, three times in a row, that's, back to back.
0: That's dedication.
1: <laughs> yeah. So he's, like, he's really listening to it before he's writing these critiques and, like.
0: People don't give a shit. And, and it's like, not like. Fuck he,
1: it, it's not like he's like wow this artist fucking sucks yeah well yeah because
0: that's not that's terrible writing (laughs)
1: yeah yeah no he's and he's always also like trying to find good parts of the album he Mm. always includes like they did this well but this all of this other stuff could have been better Mm. so i don't know people are people are nuts
0: wow (laughs) yeah I've, i've thought long and hard about this sweet spot that i feel like people or I would want to be in um, doing anything publicly. And there definitely just like is a too big, like too much attention and eyes on you because this, because he's just writing for a fucking website, you know, about music and he's getting slandered and doxxed and all this other, this, this weird shit. But imagine if he was, I mean, if he was writing for, like, Complex magazine.
1: Or, like, Pitchfork or something. Yeah, yeah, something
0: huge. You know, like, what would it be then? Like, what level of threats would he get then?
1: (laughs) I don't know. It's
0: crazy. That's so crazy. Getting threats or or anything even remotely threat-adjacent. Just writing opinions about music that has come out. And in thorough, objective... Well, I mean, subjective, it has to be to a degree. But still, but just... But thorough and not just completely unsubstantiated ideas. That's crazy.
1: If I read it, like, I would never read a critique of an artist that I really loved and be like, wow, fuck that author. Like, (laughs) what? (laughs) Like, I would just be like, damn, their opinion, they have their opinion and I have mine.
0: Yeah, I would just have to, I would, I would, that's why I like talking to people. Because it's, it's a good way of. If you can get out of your own way and just like listen to someone else, it's a good way of getting the fuck out of your own head and getting another perspective and like allowing that to give you some equilibrium. Like, let me bounce. Okay, like you just said that I didn't think of that before. Maybe I should think about it now. Let me or let me ask you more questions as to how you got to that conclusion. And maybe that'll help me with, you know, whatever my current stance on it is, like whether I need to sort of refine it or it just needs to stay exactly the same or if I need to change it completely. Yeah, I think that that's that's super necessary. You absolutely need that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's weird. That's weird. I I, I would love to... Hmm. Yeah, that's weird. (laughs) It's just very... it's, It's so wild to me how invested people are in... I mean, I've seen people fight over sports before. Like, I've seen a friend of mine who is a Cowboys fan. I think he was at, like, a Cowboys-Redskins game. And on Twitter, my other friend who is a Redskins fan was talking some shit whilst the game was going on, and the Redskins ended up winning. And I think my Redskins friend kept talking shit And then the cow, and this is all on Twitter. And then my cowboys friend was just like, All right, well, how about we just meet at our friend's place? How about that? And then he was like, All right, cool. And then they, they, the cowboys got, he left the FedEx field in DC. He got in his car. Think because you have to think, take all this into account. You're leaving a football game, there's wild traffic leaving a large football game. So now you're actually stuck in traffic (laughs) and the rage that you feel does not subside the entire time that you're stuck in traffic, right? <laughs> so now you have like a fucking hour and a half, two hour drive to just to get back to this place where you're going to meet this other guy that's been talking shit on Twitter about your team, about his team beating your team. And you get there. And by the time you still get there, you're still as angry as you were when you were at the fucking football stadium. And then the fight ensues there. Um, but it, it's just wild to me just how far people are willing to take, uh just defending their flag whatever the fuck that happens to be for you it could be cowboys rescue right. or it could be young thug or whomever is getting a critique
1: i don't know you just have to have uh like a little peace about it just be like do your own thing like it's okay if other people do their thing
0: yeah that's yes that's very true <laughs> but again let's talk about scaling scaling back so what else, so what else are we scaling back in life there was a point in time where you tore your ACL in a ridiculous three, amount. Three
1: times. Three, okay. So, so th-
0: there was one of the times where you tore your ACL. And then I spoke to you the next time, which wasn't super long after. And you were like, I went out dancing and I just needed to dance. And then I tore it again. And I'm like, okay. So I just say, oh, this is say, how's the ACL going? And are we scaling back on all the things that used to tear it?
1: Um, yeah, no, I've learned how to like, keep myself moving without Mm -hmm. re injuring myself, you know, like, and I've been exercising a ton like that has been like my main form of stress relief in school. Like, Mm. basically, I finish class, I always have my gym bag with me, I go straight to the gym. And then I know when I get home, okay, I've relaxed, I like I can relax, and like just study and do my work. And I don't have anything, like, hanging over me, you know? Yeah. But in general, like, I don't know. I've learned that how important sleep is.
0: Congratulations. (laughs)
1: Like, I don't like to wake up feeling like crap.
0: (laughs) Congratulations. Man, it's so funny when it happens. It always, some people just get there differently. They just, they, they get there. Sometimes it's by accident. Like you fall asleep in some state that you didn't normally before and you realize how great it was. And then you wake up and you're like, oh, fuck, I need to try to do that again. I need to try to like duplicate that experience. (laughs) Right. Okay. All right. So how'd you, how'd you figure that out? Was it just like the partying and it was just like, man, this shit just does not feel good after a point in time or.
1: Also just like, I think like basically being in school just kind of turned a lot of things around for me. Um, But it's like when I wake up, I have to get to class, I have to be like focused and ready. Mm-hmm. And like, if I am staying up late, trying to study or something like that's going to ruin my next day of studying, that's going to ruin my next day of class, mm-hmm. I'm not going to get that information that I need. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I'm pretty strict about my bedtime these days. <laughs> yeah. And like, even on the weekends, I'm like, yeah, but I want to like, wake up and like, go to the gym, and, like, study so i'm you know that saying that's like nothing good happens after 2 a.m <laughs> i'm like nothing good happens after like 11 30 p.m i would say shit, I, <laughs>
0: I, I scale that shit <laughs> i just say that there's nothing for me after like 9 30 p.m <laughs> like there's just at that point in time i'm not doing anything I, that I need to be doing, like I can just I can go to sleep at that point in time. Like I I should have been winding down and getting ready to go into sleep. There's right. nothing I really need to accomplish after nine thirty p.m. Especially when I wake up at like four o'clock in the morning. Oh, that's a yeah. There's nothing for me after nine thirty. There's nothing waiting for me. No. There's no one I need to talk to. My stretching ought to be out of the way. Whatever reading I'm doing, whatever meditating I'm doing, that ought to be out of the way. I'm going to sleep. I'm done. Yeah. yeah, like my friend, uh, my roommate. There were two things I think that he had done, and he was just like, "Man, I can't believe like I wasn't doing this before." For some reason or another, he was sleeping over top of his covers for a long time. That's. But with, but with a fan on. And he sometimes he would get cold, and he and he would, and he, and he would just be like fuck, and he would just like turn away from the fan. But just still be just his body, like no covers. Like he's still laying over top of the covers. But he would just turn away from the fan and just deal with it and go to sleep again. And then for some reason or another, he slept underneath his covers one day. (laughs) I know this sounds crazy, but he slept underneath his covers and he was like, whoa, (laughs) that made a huge fucking difference that I slept underneath. It was like the perfect balance between warm and cold with the and I was like congratulations however it comes to you however you figure out that sleep is important and whatever like small steps you need to make to get better sleep I congratulate people because that shit is fucking important
1: yeah I well I also like I'm been super anxious with school and like sometimes when I lay down to go to bed I'm like okay tomorrow I have to do this and uh, this and this ooh. and I'm like i have a really hard time like getting out of my head sometimes for sleep and honestly i like talked to my doctor about it and gave me some sleeping medicine and i oh yeah
0: yeah
1: and oh nice it's like honest it's changed my life i would say
0: oh very very (laughs) what what is it and have and did you ever just try like edibles and did that not like Uh, like indica based edibles or anything like that i
1: feel like if i smoke right before i go to sleep i don't
0: no 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 i legitimately mean don't smoke I'm talking literally just like itty bitty gummies that could be like five milligrams or ten milligrams. That's what I mean.
1: Yeah, I don't. I feel like it. I don't get restful sleep. Okay. With, with weed. Okay. It's like I can use it to relax, but like it's not necessarily going to like knock me out or something. And mm. then melatonin wasn't working. I was wait. I was still waking up multiple times a night. And so he, it's, it's trazodone. It's like a SSRI actually, but like, it's not a very good antidepressant and it's a good sleeping aid. That's yeah. what they
0: said. Okay. Um. That's funny.
1: But I like, and I don't take it every day. I only take it when I'm like, I need a deep sleep. Is, is that, uh,
0: <laughs> that saying that they give it that it's not a good antidepressant, but it's a good sleep aid. Do you think? that became a thing because the drug came along as as an antidepressant but it turned out to just be a better sleeping aid than yeah. that so they kind of moved on from that so if you yeah. so for antidepressant they would probably wouldn't normally give that out Mm-mm. but it just kind of morphed into it was like actually this is a better sleeping aid than it is an antidepressant like let's just use it primarily for that
1: yeah and lots of different drugs have like their off-label use
0: so it's just Mm, it's like one of those right right off-label use that would make sense that's interesting all right so what's the like main form of physical therapy that you do to keep your acl from not snapping like what do you
1: well so i have been getting like pretty into weightlifting and like basically just keeping my quads, hamstrings, and hips, like, really strong, like, I have not had any issues with my knee at all, I've even, like, started running a little bit, and, like, no issues, so I, I think, like, just, like, strengthening those muscles has really, like, it kind of like holds my knee in place if mm, that makes sense yeah. cuz the cuz i like currently have a torn ACL there's nothing holding it to, my knee together <laughs> right. so, so like my quads my quads got to do a lot of work to hold my knee together for me um, oh
0: man yeah you have to keep them strong
1: yeah yeah but that like kind of I don't know. Comes I mean, down good, to like what I'm literally studying and like what I want to do. So
0: Yeah, no, yeah. You should definitely I'm my first patient. <laughs> yeah, you should definitely keep on doing that. Yeah. What are you doing like specifically? Like for like like lunges or is that good uh, for the Yeah,
1: no. I do lunges, I do like leg press mm.
0: and uh, then yeah.
1: I do like RDLs. Like basically I just need Do
0: you squat though?
1: Uh, or is
0: that like dismissed? Is that I don't I, know.
1: I mean I can squat. I just Like, I'm working with a personal trainer also. So, like, uh, the style that the trainer I was working with had, he, like, didn't do a lot of, like, free weights. So, everything was, like, machine-based for the most part. Um, But, like, I'm just, like, increasing the weight, increasing the weight. Mm. I'm up to two plates on the leg press. Oh, yeah? Come for me. Oh, (laughs) you're you're doing it.
0: That's crazy.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, I I can squat. I can squat have squatted i just just, it's also just one of those things like i want to do everything with like really good form and like that's really important Mm -hmm. in me for me especially just because of all my history of injuries
0: yeah i was feeling that way um when i was exercising yesterday i was thinking you know, because you hear these young guys, it's so funny now, like, just me being at the stage that I'm at, and I'll, like, listen to these younger kids talk to each other in the locker rooms and shit, and they're just like, dude, like, you're so fucking big, bro, like, I swear, like, a couple, couple weeks ago, like, your arms weren't like that, like, yeah, bro, you know, I've been drinking, like, this po- protein powders over stuff uh-huh. like that, like, you know, I gotta get my macros in, you know what I mean, and they're just sitting there, like, having all these talks. About, you know, trying to be the next fucking bodybuilder or whatever. Putting on, putting on weight gains, gains, mass, mass, muscles, muscles. And as I'm going through my exercises, it's so funny because it it aligns perfectly with everything else we're talking about. Where you start off just blowing your mind doing something just like Molly, LSD, shrooms, whatever. Like you just start off at a young age, just blowing your fucking mind and you slowly scale back for like what serves you at that age whatever that age is um and for me when it comes to exercise now it's so not about trying to get wild gains and all this like you're trying to fucking sustain and like be healthy you're trying to like be well-rounded like I do a ton of stretching and when I'm doing any weightlifting, as you were saying what matters to me most is just like form. It's like a meditation to me. Mm-hmm. Again, I just want to make sure that I try to do every rep with the best form as possible. And so in order to do that, I'm not going to have the largest weights. You know, so sometimes I have like some some smaller weights, you know, like some 20, 25s and I'm just like making sure that the exercise I'm getting full range of motion mm-hmm. in every single thing I'm doing and that I have a firm base or athletic stance like I'm not in any way shape or form about to hurt myself. And that I'm just getting fully well what I'm trying to do is just get full one hundred percent controlled reps. Mm-hmm. Like every single time. Just breathe in and out, like controlled breath, control of the of the weight of my just knowing <clears throat> where every part of my body is and what is engaged. All that's what my exercises look like now.
1: Yeah, and like with my you know the more of about physical therapy i'm learning the more when i go to the gym i'm just cringing because i'm seeing people like swinging their whole body trying to like do their reps as fast as possible i'm like you're not even like using your using using your muscle to its full capability like you need to do it slow get the muscle to stretch out do your full range of motion to actually like i don't know activate the entire muscle Man, you're not you, even, i want to go to the gym right it. now
0: Yeah, yeah, I want to go. That makes me want to go to the gym. Like, fuck, you're right. I do need to do that. I need to go right now. That's definitely what I want to do. Yeah, but and it and it feels so much better. It feels so much better when you do things and they get purer and purer with time. Like you know, you're not doing it for whatever bullshit reasons you were doing it when you first started doing it. Like you're getting, but you're building better intentions as to why you're doing it. And exercise is a great way to do it, because or even to bring that into conversation, because a lot of the way that people get into exercise is 100 aesthetics i want to be sexy mm-hmm. like that's what i want and a lot of times it's to spite the person you just broke up with mm-hmm. you know new new year new me whatever the fuck it is you want to tell yourself and so you're trying to do that thing and those intentions are whack but the conclusion is great which is you're getting in the gym and you're working so we'll take that over doing nothing at all and then slowly maybe you realize okay i actually don't hate that person anymore. So I'm not doing it to spite them. Okay, okay. well, maybe I'm just doing it because it feels good to be healthy and to move my body and and, and express my fitness. I've heard it called in this way or whatever.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like moving from extrinsic motivation to that intrinsic mm, motivation mm. and like doing it more for yourself. Yes. And then this also kind of comes into like my area of interest right now is like really like health across the lifespan and like being mm. able to move across the lifespan so like I'm super interested in working with elderly folks because like once you stop moving like your life changes you know mm. once you once you can't reach above your arm and you try you can't put your dishes away once you lose the strength in your hips to stand up like you can't get out of a chair like so you have to mm. be able to keep yourself moving throughout your lifespan in order to even just do the most basic tasks like movement is at the core of like our existence
0: <laughs> yo <clears throat> you just said something that was and and i love when this happens too because you just said something that was so obvious And so necessary to say (laughs) at the same time, so obvious and so profoundly necessary to say, because I think that we don't we don't think about those types of things. People forget that there is a time when there is going to be the last time that you did something. Right. Like, and people don't think about that mm-hmm. because you just grow up and you, I tie my own shoes. I put on my own pants. I do this. I do that. Like you do all these things, but you never think like, oh, that was the last time I did that. You won't know until you go to try to do it again and you can't. Right. And I, that's always been my question about these people on these shows like My Six Hundred Pound Life. I'm always thinking, what? At what point in time were you in bed? Because, I'm a, I'm, see, I'm making an assumption here, which is there's a person in bed, they like to eat a lot of food, they don't exercise, they're, they're doing all the right things to get bigger, mm-hmm. right? And they probably get out of bed to go to the bathroom and maybe they grab some food from the kitchen or do whatever they do, maybe smoke a cigarette, come back to the bed. And around this point in time, they're like 300 pounds, maybe pushing 400 pounds, something like that. But there has to be a point where they were in the bed and like on a Thursday, they tried to get out of the bed and it was like that day was like, who that was that was a little bit different than Wednesday. Like that was that was pretty fucking tough to get out of that bed. And I wonder if Friday it's it's the same type of tough or a little bit tough. You like, oh, it's OK. It's noticeably difficult for me to get out of bed like I'm breathing hard like it. I, I could almost not get out of the bed last week, so I wonder if like people notice that happen and then and then the day comes where, like they try to create the momentum to roll out of bed and they're not going anywhere and they're it's like, oh like fuck, I'm late. I'm here now. Like yeah. I'm just in this bed. I have to make a call. where's my phone? I have to call someone and tell them to come and start taking care of me to start doing stuff. Right. Like at what point? Like and did that that's just a wild build up to me because there were clearly moments where that person or people around that person were able to see like this is getting really bad like you're we're slowly starting to lose functionality like you're slowly not being able to do regular things um i thought about that when i was i just <clears throat> took a trip to maui Mm-hmm. and on the airplane.
1: Oh, I'm jealous first of all. So
0: beautiful. <laughs> I'll show you pictures and stuff. But it was <clears throat> on the airplane, I was like, "Wait a second. How do people get places if they're a certain size?" And I knew that like some years ago, I think that they they made it so you legit would have to purchase multiple plane tickets if you were a certain size and you were going to be like spilling over into other people's cuz you've been on a plane? there's not room for super large people to be walking down the aisle and small people that's what i'm saying so like there's just i'm like how do wait so can you just not travel by plane like what like what has to happen here and then i would go into the bathroom i'm like there's no way oh yeah like there's no even if you did get on this plane you're not going to the bathroom like you're not getting into this Small ass room back here. Door
1: is just like even like the door. It's
0: like it's a closet door. It's a it is a closet. Mm -hmm. That's a real wash closet.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Like you're
0: not you're not getting into that thing. Yeah. So it's it's that is very very weird. But as you said, or as I said about what you said, that is so obvious and so necessary to say that you're right. There are just these things that you take for granted, like putting away dishes putting that box of cereal up on the top of the fridge, right. like, you know, squatting down to pick something up. Like, you can't do – you start to lose those things. Fuck, that's crazy. See, I need to stretch, too. <laughs> Ooh, you see, you make, you make me want – these conversations <laughs> make me want to take care of myself. Oh, Like, absolutely. oh, my fucking gosh, man. Yeah. So what do you – um? What, what else do you do to try to take – are you into massages? Do you get massages at all?
1: I – I don't get massages. Do you
0: like them? I do, okay. yeah. Okay, okay.
1: Yeah, but I mean, like last semester, I was taking orthopedics, so we were learning all of those different, like, strategies to help keep your bones and your joints moving well. Okay. Um. So, my classmates and I were always like, hey, can you crack my neck really quick? <laughs> can oh. you? Yeah, so we all, like... Basically, we all like to practice on each other. Right?
0: And I was about to say, and you all can just do that for each other. Just yeah. like, wow, <laughs> that's a wild team. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. <laughs>
1: okay. Like I'll that. I'll go to someone and be like, hey, yeah, that. my like my neck's hurting a little bit, and then I'll be like, oh, let me just manip it real quick and just.
0: wow that's awesome yeah that's an awesome like team of friends to have
1: oh yeah no we're definitely like a pretty close-knit group i think like we're all kind of going through it all together so yeah yeah
0: is it like super competitive as well that
1: honestly no like i was worried about that because it is very competitive to get into school for in the first place you have to have you know, great grades, you have to like have all of this experience, you have to volunteer, you have to look like a really good person on paper. Um, but so I was thinking like, oh, I'm going to get to school and everybody's going to be like all about grades. And most people like in like, I'm pretty competitive just with myself. But a lot of people are just like, I want to get through school like, and we just we just have to get B's like, it doesn't matter. You yeah. get A's. I'm I'm not
0: that, but yeah. <laughs> I
1: wish I could be that. That's I wish so I could funny. be one of those people. You're, but.
0: you're so scholastic, so scholarly. Yeah. Yeah. No, I. I
1: but yeah, we, getting
0: A's was not on the agenda for me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but we all have to like study together, and like honestly, that was something I never did in undergrad. Was like study with other people. I was like, no, I'm gonna learn this. I'm gonna figure it out for myself. Mm. Um, but. I guess, like, when I'm studying with other people, like, they're always thinking about something in a different way. And then the way they explain it to me, like, might make it make more sense to me. So I think, like, the fact that we all really rely on each other for studying, and then also we have to practice a lot. So we're learning all these hands-on skills. And we have to, like, practice because we have these practical exams where we go in, our professor is acting as the patient, Mm. we have to, like, show the professor that we know how to do all of these skills, which is a totally anxiety inducing experience.
0: Yeah. Like you actually are going to, when you say hands on, you are going to touch this professor and you are going to do things to his body.
1: Yes. And then the professor is like writing notes while you're doing it. And, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so like we are we all have to practice for those assessments together too. And so like that has kind of like broken down any like walls of competitiveness that like yeah. we had. Um because we all like kind of need each other to right. like get through it.
0: That's this. awesome though.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no. Practicals are terrifying though. I actually recently Failed my first practical.
0: Why so? What, what was what was the issue?
1: Um, well, I was first of all, I was like very nervous, and my professor is pregnant, so she brought in a substitute. Okay. And I didn't know this substitute. Like the substitute doesn't work in my program. I've never had her as a teacher. Like she just was this random she person. Caught you off guard. So it caught me off guard, and I just. I made a bunch of little mistakes and that, like, wound up with me failing it. But then I got to, like, redo it and passed with fine colors. Oh, okay, so, okay, like, okay. it was – but, like, that, like, failing a practical, like, that hasn't happened to me in school. I haven't failed an exam. I haven't failed a practical. I've gotten A's on everything. So, like, this first failure, like, I was – I I don't know. I was pretty upset you, with you, myself. You were, like,
0: fucked up. Yeah.
1: I, t- I took it pretty hard, but – yeah it yeah i don't know
0: and then afterwards you just you took the critique that they gave you i'm assuming and then you went and you worked on it and you learned about it and then you came back and you passed
1: right yeah and i went to my professor's office like before i had to redo it and just like spoke to her about it and she was like this is all like a learning experience like we know that these practicals when you go treat an actual patient you're gonna be fine I just want to make sure that you have learned from this experience yeah so yeah. yeah it was like the faculty is like pretty supportive and like helpful in the in that way
0: well I'm just glad that you and your peers were able to come together in the in the helpful way that you guys have because you explained it like it's it's difficult. But we're all there so we could all clearly just use each other's minds to help us get to the point that we're all trying to get to. But then what's funny is you could easily see it being the complete opposite. And it's, well, we're all trying to get to this place and they could have, you know, more of a, I don't know, more competitive and famine sort of mentality where it's like there's only enough for me. Like, I don't want to help this other person succeed. Like, that is another way that it could go. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and stuff like that. But I'm glad that that wasn't even... Because you said there was some competitive edge. So you said that you guys helping each other out cut out whatever competitive sort of uh, feelings or sense may have been there prior to that.
1: I think, like...
0: So you had felt some competition at some point in time.
1: Well, I think, like, also, like, when we first started school, like... I can't speak for my peers but I was like super anxious I was like this is a totally different social environment than I've been in it's like when I was living in Richmond I was you know in food and beverage industry and like that social environment is very different than being in grad school where we're all like trying to like push each other and learn um so I was very anxious and I was very just like okay I'm gonna just do my own thing and then I had my first exam and then I was like Oh,
0: shit. We need to come together, guys. We got it.
1: We got to work. We got to work on this together, guys. Yeah.
0: So what's been the most so since you're most interested in the longevity of uh, mobility, right? Like through through the lifespan, you said what has been, I don't know, one of the most remarkable things that you've learned in in that endeavor. Uh, And what like what would you tell people to do?
1: So I guess. Basically, okay, so this semester I'm taking a class in acute care, and that's about working with people that are in the hospital. Mm -hmm. So, like, you're seeing this person on their worst day, you know. And I went to MedStar Washington Hospital in D.C. for a part-time clinical. So I went, like, three times to the the hospital and worked with a PT there. And it was just, like, amazing that, like – we're probably the, uh, healthcare professional that like spends the most time with our patients, but also like they were so appreciative and nice to us just because we are like the only people that are like, Hey, like, let's get out of bed. Let's go walk around. Um, so I guess like that learning experience and just like seeing like, okay, even on their worst day, like these people like want to move, you Mm know? Um, but I'm also taking class in older adults, and we're learning about all of the things that can happen if you don't keep moving, you know, there's so much that your body can so many ways your body can deteriorate, you can lose sensation, you can lose like just function, like not even being able to leave your house. Um, You can lose like, muscle mass and like all mm-hmm. of these things like you can just lose them so quickly as you get older and the way to fight that is like physical activity just
0: and- just move around yeah yeah I think <clears throat> that's why as also as I've gotten older and slightly more knowledgeable about some things, you know you you kind of move away from exercise when you're younger especially if you're not an athlete that knows a variety of ways of exercising is like hit the gym man like come on like go hit the gym but hitting the gym is just not for everybody Mm-mm. so i realized that it's truly about as you say just staying moving like work your lungs work your heart and move your limbs just get around yeah. And that can be done in so many different ways. Oh, and so absolutely. the advice more so these days for me just seems like just do what's fun. Like do what's fun for you. Mm-hmm. Do you like to ride bikes? Ride a fucking bike. Riding bikes is super fun. You like to go on a hike? Go on a hike. You like to swim? Go swim. You like to play sports? Go play a sport. Like whatever you want to do. You like to just go walk and bird watch and shit with binoculars and go fucking do that. You have to walk around and find those birds, but you'll be moving your body like. Whatever it is.
1: Yeah, and that kind of makes it, like, less overwhelming for patients, I think. Like, um, for someone who's, like, just starting out and they're coming to see me. And I'm like, well, what do you like to do? What do you want to do? And, like, let's get, like, let's get you feeling good so that you can go do that. Like, so I think that makes it easier for patients to kind of buy in if it's more about, like, okay, well, what do you want to do? Like, I'm not going to be, like, okay, well, you need to go run five times a week and go to go lift weights three times a week and all of this, if that's not what they want to do, you know?
0: Yeah, I uh, I want <laughs> the year of 2020. Okay. Clearly a lot of, yeah, it was a big one. A lot, <laughs> a lot of things changed that year. Um, and one of the things that changed for my friends and I is, I was able to start getting people to go out hiking. That, that were not hikers before. But it was like, where else were you going to go? Well, we can go outside. We just need to go outside, outside. So we started going hiking. I started bringing Mm -hmm. people that were like not, that didn't do that. And one of, well, for the most part, people loved it. Like they were just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I've never done this before. Like getting out is so beautiful and you have these beautiful waterfalls and these sights and these birds and these trees and all this sort of stuff. And I brought my friend Keon on a a hike. And uh, the way that we performed that hike, my friends and I, The way that he said it was something like paratroopers going up a mountain or some shit like that. But what he was meaning to say was that we took it way too seriously. We were moving way too fast. We were being way too adamant about just like getting this done and it being more exercise based than like a leisure hike. Right. To just explore the sites and see the sites. And he did not have a good time on the hike. It was was, was pretty rigorous. Um, It's called Raven's Rock. Oh I don't yeah, know if I've, you've done, been, I've done you've that done hike. Ravens Rock. He, his cardiovascular system was not about it at that point in time. And that's when I started to realize how kind of like what you're talking about how quickly something will deteriorate and like you won't even realize it because there were so many different types of people doing the hike. Yeah. So like there were elderly people, young kids, mm-hmm. there were big people, small people, short people, tall people, like all different you know these soccer moms passed us like a bunch of times and I'm just like, but my friend was wheezing and he's like, fuck, like this is fucking crazy. He started throwing up in the woods. Oh God. Like he was like really bad. I'm like, okay, bro, this, this is an issue. Like we got to get moving more. Yeah. Like we need to move more. Yeah. You know, cause this shouldn't be the case Mm-mm. at age 30. I think it was at the time. Like this shouldn't, this shouldn't be the case. Um, you know, he, but ultimately we he started doing some some hikes outside of our group of friends. Like he would just go with his fiance mm-hmm. at the time and, and, well, not at the time, still his fiance. And then him and I went on another hike before, but he definitely like gave me some stipulations, like we're not gonna be doing this, that, and the third. like we're not gonna be running up any hills, <laughs> you know, like we're gonna take what he would call calculated breaks. I mean, like when we need to, we're going to stop walking. We're going to, if we need to take out some water or some food or whatever, but we're going to sit and we're going to breathe. We're going to relax. Like he was just making sure we weren't, it wasn't just all about incessant exercise the whole time. Like, can we enjoy ourselves? So this is another one of those things of, no pun intended, scaling back, right? Just scaling backwards. And so everything doesn't have to be done at a thousand percent. And he ended up really liking the next hike he went out with me on. And ever since then, he's just, he's been hiking. And him and his fiance go hiking all the time now. Um, And it's been a a huge part of his life. And now he's getting a bit more exercise just out there hiking. And he's in a much better state than he was when we went on that other fucking hike where he almost fucking collapsed out there and died. (laughs) Um, And, you know, I, I think... I think he wants to get a bicycle. He still hasn't gotten that. He's been talking that for a little while. But either way, it's just about just doing something. Just getting just getting out there and moving about because you have no idea that your cardiovascular system is some trash. Like you didn't even know how bad it was until you tried to do this hike and then now you just <laughs> It's like, right. bro, like we just started. Yeah. What, what's what's going on? Like, yeah, it's it's tough, man. But I just think just having fun. Just do whatever it is. That can be fun, and that could be so many different things. Humans have so many different little games and shit. Oh yeah. Go play pickleball, fucking tennis. Like it, it doesn't it, it doesn't even matter. You like to go do cartwheels? Go do some cartwheels. Like it's literally anything. Just move. Right. Just fucking move.
1: Play VR like the dancing games v- on oh, VR. Oh, v-
0: Dance Dance Revolution or VR. Do yeah, do that. They? they get to moving. Yeah. They must burn <laughs> wild calories
1: oh yeah I have going
0: a, on tour on dance dance revolution
1: i have a friend who's um he's like a streamer and like super into oh, that oh really and he like tracks his his like how much like calories, calories he's burning he'll like go and do beat Saber, which is like one of the dancing games he'll do it for like an hour burn like 700 calories whoa and it's fun wait and he's but how like, does he
0: how does he track it though
1: He's he like one of those like heart rate monitor oh, like test, Oh, like he's really
0: he's really tracking it. He's
1: not like not the watches, cause <laughs> the watches are wildly inaccurate. But Yeah,
0: the- I had asked someone that works on uh the technology, like all of this sort of, you know, uh heart rate calorie burning technology, whether it be in the watch or in the strap or whatever. And I asked him about just how badly the watches actually track. And I think he said it's something he said. Just to be generous, I think he said it's like, like easily fifteen to twenty-five percent off or something like that. I'm like, well, that's that's pretty substantial. But you can also just do some quick math and be like, okay, listen, if this thing says that I burned, like, you know, a hundred calories in the past thirty minutes. Yeah. Then I know like what I need to take off. Like, let's just say that I really burned like 65, 75. Yeah. Something like that, just to be generous.
1: Yeah, no, I don't really use the watch for that. I use it more for like heart rate and mm-hmm. like knowing what my heart rate is and also like
0: goals. Do you have like your goal rings oh, yeah. and stuff?
1: Yeah. Got to get 10,000 steps a day. Oh, really? Yeah. That's the goal.
0: You, how does that, do you do it? Yeah. Often?
1: Yeah. If, and if, if it's like, 6 p.m. and I'm only at like 6,000 steps, I'm like, all right, I'm going to go take like a quick 30-minute walk around the neighborhood.
0: Nice. (laughs) Yeah, that's um something that people don't think about when it comes to their jobs. Like there's – everything is so multifaceted. Like your job, if you work at a job where you don't move Mm -hmm. and you spend eight hours a day there, five days a week, maybe sometimes six, and you just sit down. That's wild. That takes a toll. And so, you know, again, we've grown up in the food and beverage industry, so we're able to see people just move around all day long. And it's like you don't realize, like, you think that maybe your life sucks or maybe you don't want to serve or whatever the case is, but this is exercise you're getting. Like, your job allows you to continue to move your body in a way that will give you much more sustainability through life. But most people don't really take that into account.
1: No, there were days where I was getting like 20,000 steps serving tables. Like when at the Salamander when you would have to walk all the way to the library and then oh, back. Oh, yeah, and
0: back around. Yeah, <laughs> you make crazy routes moving around places. But, yeah, I brought a friend a, a pedal.
1: Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah they have all th- sorts of things, like little desk treadmills you can get yeah. and like standing desks, all of yeah,
0: these. You just, oh, yeah. Standing desks for sure. Yeah. But then, yeah, just these little pedals and you can, you know, crank up the intensity or the resistance of it and just burn calories sitting at your desk. Just, and you can just pretty much skate down there because it's, it's these, just these little platforms that have these little like skate wheels on the bottom of them. And you can just very, very easily just kind of rotate like a bicycle. Yeah. You know.
1: Yeah, when I'm, like, when it's, like, exam week and I'm sitting at my desk for many hours a day, I, like, always, like, every hour I got to get up, I got to go walk around my apartment, whatever it is, go pet my cat, anything. (laughs) (laughs) Because I, as soon as I, like, sit at my desk for too long, it's, like, the shoulders start getting tight and the neck Mm. starts getting tight and, like, it's all just because I'm not moving them.
0: Hmm. You do any? Well, I mean, clearly you do you know, your physical therapy. What are you? What are you stretch deeply? <laughs>
1: no, <laughs> I'm. What am I going to do? I'm going to prescribe people to stretch and then also go home and not stretch myself. Right, so. right, right.
0: And do you not? In so this is something that I, I find interesting now because it's one of the things that I picked up. And I'm like, man, like, why wasn't I doing it for that long? Uh, why do you feel like now you don't do it?
1: Uh, maybe because I just like feel like uh, I'm getting through like my when I exercise, I'm getting through my full range of motion with like the exercises I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm do
0: you warm like, up or do you just go straight into whatever your exercise Oh, uh, I
1: warm up. I usually like walk for like you know 10 minutes on the treadmill, do some like dynamic stretching. But like, yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. Does it hurt when you? Does Does it hurt like excruciatingly when you do try to stretch certain muscles?
1: Oh yeah, I hold a ridiculous amount of tension in my body, <laughs> like <laughs> my and, and my you can, hamstrings and you,
0: feel, and you feel it. Like you, you're completely aware of where all the tension is. And oh
1: yeah. <laughs> I guess and
0: you just let that shit rock like you like.
1: I mean, I use like my massage gun. Oh,
0: okay, that's nice.
1: I have some like. You
0: have a theragun.
1: I have a theragun, yeah.
0: Yeah, my little sister just got. I was telling someone else about this. My little sister got one, and it heats and cools. Oh,
1: that's cool. Oh, that's nice. And that
0: shit gets like icy cold, and like in just in like 20 seconds, it'll get like icy cold, just like hitting you or get it really warm. It's it's a oh, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. And she's all beaten up because she did gymnastics like the first 15 years of her life. Uh Just jumping and tumbling and twisting and turning and landing on your fucking joints over (laughs) and over and over and over again. So her body's all kind of fucked up and broken up and shit like that. And she's 21 years old. 21? Yeah. Damn. I think so.
1: Yeah. Damn. Yeah. So I used the Theragun. That should keep me loose. Do you? um, I also do like, have you ever heard of cupping?
0: I've heard of cupping. I don't know about cupping. Tell me about cupping. <laughs>
1: okay. So cupping is like, it's like these little plastic, small little cups. And they look put, like
0: little light bulbs.
1: Yeah. And you put it on your skin and then you have this little like tool that sucks all the air out of it. And it's basically to like, you you know about fascia and like how fascia like holds your muscles together. I don't. Okay. So your your muscles are made of fibers and those fibers are wrapped in fascia. And fascia is where a lot of, like, tightness comes. Mm. And it's a different type of, like, connective tissue. It's not as, like, stretchy, elastic, elastic yeah. as your muscles. So that's where a lot of tightness comes. So the cups are supposed to kind of break apart that fascia a little mm. bit and, like, by suction cup and, cupping it and, like, bring new blood flow to the area.
0: Oh, okay. So so putting the cup on you and so sort of, it's like a twisting motion. They're kind of, like –
1: it's, no, it's like you just like kind of place it on you and then there's a tool that, like okay, sucks, that, that, sucks, the that air. sucks
0: air out of it. And then so air is then leaving that top sort of layer that, that's over top of your muscles, the fascia, you're calling it. And so because oxygen is, is being taken out, it's creating like new blood flow in. Mm-hmm. And so, okay. And so that is loosening it. You what you're saying?
1: Yeah, because sometimes the fascia can get adhered to the muscle fibers. Okay,
0: okay. And so
1: then it's kind of like separating the fascia mm. from the muscle fibers so that the fibers can move better.
0: Oh, wow. Wow. Okay. And where do you get that done? Just anywhere literally you on can, your... You can do it. On like, your surface.
1: Yeah, any tight muscles. So mm. I do it to myself. Like and I, and I, you
0: have felt the... How long before you feel like a change... And what does that change feel like?
1: So I will, like, put it on there. And at first, it's, like, pretty painful. It's like, oh, God, like, this is really tight. And then as the muscle starts to relax and the fascia starts to, like, relax, it usually takes, like, 5, 10 minutes. You Mm. leave it on there for, like, 5, 10 minutes. The muscle starts to relax. And then you feel good.
0: Okay. But you get It just feels like relief. Yeah. It just,
1: like, feels like. Okay. This is this was like a knotted up. This was really right. tight, and then it's just like unraveling, ooh,
0: ooh. like a cramp slowly leaving you. Just like ah, uh, 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 okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Again, I've I've sort of felt that with you talking about the knot is when you're getting a massage from a yeah. masseuse and they they like got their elbow in your neck and they find a knot. And then they just sit and you know when they find Ugh. one because they just sit there and just roll it out with their elbow or their forearm. And you're like, oh, fuck, this hurts. Yeah. But it's so necessary. Like, I need you to keep going. You know what I mean? Until and- it just slowly, slowly rolls out. Oh, God, I love massages. I fucking love them.
1: Have you ever heard of um, dry needling? No. Okay. So dry needling, they take like acupuncture needles okay, and they put them in the muscle belly where that knot is. And they just go in and out, in and out, trying to release that knot. And it just like your muscles like twitching as it happens.
0: And that is a release also of oxygen and allowing new blood flow? Yeah.
1: It allows new blood flow. And it also like where those adhesions are, where that fascia is getting clamped down to the muscle fibers. It releases
0: that yeah yeah it's sort of like because you're talking about fibers, so it's sort of like what we do when we tenderize meat like you're trying to break the fibers up so yeah. it's easy to, to eat to chew <laughs> oh yeah. man yeah i mean that's all we are we're just a big meat sack like we're just walking <laughs> around just as meat I keep, you know, sometimes we forget about that, but yeah, you're just trying to break down the fibers. Do you, speaking on breaking down fibers, do you foam roll at all? You have a foam roller. Mm -hmm. I got a bitch ass foam roller. It's not really that cool. Like they they have like these little itty bitty nodes that come over top of it, Uh, but they're rounded. I need like the ones that have the spikes and stuff that come out. Like I need those.
1: No, I just need you, the like just plain. Oh, you foam. just want the
0: regular, like just smooth. cylinder, just yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: smooth foam, yeah. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Those feel good too,
1: yeah. Well,
0: I guess that's a lot of the like breaking up, yeah, of, of the fibers and all this. Sort of all stuff of these well.
1: things kind of have the same, like, yeah, effect. philosophy behind them, yeah,
0: dry needling. Just sitting there and just poke, 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 poke. And, just, and
1: your muscle is like literally like twitching as mm, you're doing it. It's mm, kind of, it's nuts, but it feels incredible.
0: Hmm. You get a lot of chiropractic work done or have in the past? I haven't done, I haven't had one procedure.
1: Okay, so no. And there's something about chiropractory and physical therapy where like, we kind of just have different philosophies. Mm. So it's like I don't necessarily believe in chiropractory as oh, much. Oh,
0: wow. That's so funny. Yeah. Damn. Okay, what is, what is an existing uh, point of contention between this? just one?
1: Okay, so for example, when a patient comes to a physical therapist – yeah, we're going to do, like, crack in the back and stuff like that. But we're also going to make sure they're strengthening their body in the positions that need it needs to be strengthened in. Whereas a chiropractor typically is just doing the cracking and then not doing anything to actually fix the problem and, and keep the body, like, in that loosened state. So then people... So then chiropractors are like, oh, buy 30 sessions for $500 or whatever it is. And it's like, okay, so you just want these people to keep coming back. Whereas Mm. like we want them. My goal when I have a patient is I want you to need me as little as possible. Like I want you to do this for yourself. Mm. Like get you to the point where you can take care of it yourself. Right. So I think it's just like different philosophies. And I feel like. Like, I know people that have gone to chiropractors for, like, you know, five years, ten years. And I'm like, why? Why not just change the way you're doing it and fix it so that you just don't have to experience it at all?
0: Yeah, and how often would they go? Like,
1: once a week, once a week, once every two weeks. And
0: just get their body just realigned and whatever else the fuck is going on?
1: Yeah, and, like, once you realign it, then... Like you gotta realign it and then strengthen it so that it stays in that right. proper alignment, Yeah. instead of like just letting it go back. Huh.
0: That's interesting. Yeah, I assume that that has some, um, some likeness to pharmaceuticals and just people giving away a ton of medicine. And I know this is this is a point of contention for people because it's not like I'm saying do away with all drugs, all pharmaceuticals. No one at any point in time should take any medication. Like, that's not what I'm saying at all. Because I'm certain that when when it comes to medicine, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about because mm-hmm. I'm not a doctor at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but that there is these two schools of thought, which is, one, give them the proper medication that they need. And then there's this other one like, okay, maybe, maybe not, but regardless of whether they're getting medication or not, Let's try to figure out some holistic way of them being able to cure this thing, if at all possible, or at least ameliorate the symptoms of whatever it is that they're struggling uh, with, you know, like like therapy versus strictly psychiatric help. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like that that type of thing. So what you're saying is you you do both like we're going to come in here, we're going to fix you up, but we're also going to try to give you the tools to get the fuck out of here and not call me again. Which would be great. the The best day in my life would be when you don't need me anymore. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, that's awesome.
1: Yeah, and back to like the pharmaceuticals. I have this friend, and she recently, you know, was trying to, like, she's she hasn't previously been that concerned about her health. She recently like went to the doctor, got all her blood work, got her checkup. Like she hadn't she hadn't done any of that before. Um, She's a smoker. The doctor prescribed her medication to help her quit smoking. And she just takes it, expecting it to just make her stop smoking. But there has to be a certain element of, like, I want to stop smoking and this medication will help me to get there. But I have to want it for myself instead of just letting the medication do it for you.
0: Right. I wonder what that does, like, how like how that uh, ebbs the appetite for cigarettes or something.
1: I'm sure like, it's supposed to, like, just, like, reduce the severity of cravings or something mm-hmm. like that. But you have to like actually quit for it to help you. And she hasn't quit. She's just like, oh, well like the medicine isn't working. And I'm like, well, do you want to quit?
0: Mm. (laughs) Yeah. That's what's interesting about nutrition is like there, like a lot of people have issues overeating. Yeah. And like, so they take that out of bounds and there are these ways. I mean, I'm certain that there are, I don't, I wouldn't know about them, but appetite, Sort of suppressants. Mm -hmm.
1: Um, Adderall.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's a, a super fact. Oh, my goodness. Not eating a fucking thing for days on end. Just fucking moving, making money or studying or cleaning or whatever the fuck it is you're doing and maybe smoking cigarettes or whatever. But it's it's a different world when you're just constantly taking that. But, yeah, the food is not it's just not even a thought. It just doesn't even, it doesn't matter. It's like, it doesn't matter.
1: And then, you know, the Adderall starts to wear off and it gets to the end of the day and you're like, damn, I feel like shit. You
0: feel like, <laughs> oh, it's worn off. Yeah, all the dopamine is fucking just, your brain is zapped and you've eaten nothing and probably haven't had the greatest water intake. And yeah, yeah, you're just in a bad, you're just in a, a weird zombie state. That's what it is. It's like, I can't really go to sleep but I'm not nearly as focused and as happy as I was like six hours ago. You know what I mean? It's, it's a weird, it's a weird state, but I bring that the whole satiety levels up because you can eat certain foods. Like you can take the more holistic step where you eat certain foods that actually uh, lower your ghrelin levels, your, your satiety hormones. You can fulfill those deeper with more nutrient rich foods so oh, yeah. that you're not as hungry two hours later or three hours later. So you can take those suppressants and just say, that'll do it for me. Or you can actually eat nutritious food and get the proper nutrients and still suppress your, your uh, yeah, just your your hunger levels later yeah. on. So it's, it's, yeah, there's just, there's a balanced way of looking at things is pretty much what we're getting at. Yeah. There's just a balanced ways of doing things. There are a lot of different schools of thought. And so it's, it behooves us to know different things.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And like a medicine isn't going to fix something unless you have the desire to help it like along.
0: Yeah.
1: You take blood pressure medicine and you're still eating a ton of red meat and you're not exercising like what is it actually even doing you know
0: and then i just know that there are people with uh, just too much going on and i it's like trying to get this person off of medication which seems ridiculous as well yeah like someone that deals with uh like i just recently met someone that takes medicine for anxiety clearly because a lot of people do yeah um i think it's bipolar disorder i believe Mm-hmm. um it's schizophrenic tendencies um and i think as far as i know as far as the medicine goes that's it but they also just have other extremely chaotic and traumatic things just popping up in life. like this this is the type of person where just the dark cloud seems to follow them everywhere they go mm-hmm. and it's just constantly raining and storming over top of their head like mm-hmm. two feet away um and I just think we need to get this person their medication. Yeah. Like you know, like, them- yeah, like they we probably need to keep them with some medication. Yeah. um, You know, and and we can try to introduce some other things. Now, clearly, this is this is not my I'm just speaking from a, like a hypothetical doctor standpoint. Like, this yeah. is not me trying to get her involved in anything. But I'm just saying, like, fuck. We could try to implement some things that might be good, some meditative practices or some exercises and that, but you need that medication. Yeah. And so. And
1: that's fine.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's completely fine. I've never had to, I've never been a huge part of the pharmaceutical world. I've never been a type where. Just the cabinets in my parents' house were stocked full of over-the-counter drugs. Like I didn't have that growing up. There may have been some neosporin somewhere. So if I got a cut, I could put rub that <laughs> on me. Some hydrogen peroxide, some alcohol. I'm certain there was maybe some some Tylenol aspirin somewhere. But it wasn't a full cabinet, just full of syrups and pills and Mm -hmm. things like like my family. They weren't into that sort of stuff. They were trying to find more naturopathic ways of doing things. And so my friend recently was funny, as I've said, my friend and this person literally I've I've talked about the same person at least three times when Mm -hmm. I've said that. But this person had gotten sick recently and they were taking like I went over their house and I saw all this stuff in there. And they're like, this is everything I've been taking, like, to try to get over the sickness that I'm having. And they had like, flu-like symptoms. They had Day and NyQuil and, like, Mucinex pills. And there was, you know, some, like, some ibuprofen in there. And there was, like, a cough suppressant uh, syrup. And then they were taking all these other vitamins and stuff like that. And I'm just like, all right, hold on a second. (laughs) Hold on a second. And, and and then on top of that there was like this yellow mucus or or discharge that started to leak from their eyeballs and I'm like, "All right. I don't know <laughs> anything. Like let me start off with that. Like I don't <laughs> know anything. Having said that, I will say this. <laughs> I think you should stop taking so much medicine. No. Yeah. I, I, I think that you should let your immune system do some of the work and let it battle it out. And you're just going to have to deal with this for a little bit of time. Drink a ton of, get your fluids in, Take a, drink a ton of your waters, put all your lemons and limes and cucumbers and shit you like to put in your water. Go ahead, do all of that. Take Get these supplements, like take your vitamins that you regularly take, your D, your C, your All this stuff that the doctor told you you need, your iron because you're iron deficient. Take all of those things, your magnesium, your elderberry, all that stuff that your probiotics, prebiotics. That's all great. Do that. All of this other shit, all these other syrups and pills and things like that, you need to at least just. Scale back. Yeah, I'm not saying don't do any of it, but let's just how about you just take take that little cup of... that little kappa day quill and that little kappa night quill before you go to sleep at night? Like let's let's scale back to that. Let, let's put all this other stuff to the side. Like thirty six hours later, like stop doing that and was fine.
1: The only medicine <laughs> you really need when you're sick is Tylenol PM.
0: That's that's just just knock the fuck out. That is, yeah, I mean, if you're having a hard time going to sleep, because having a hard time going to sleep and be, just being sick, that's not tight. You don't want to just be up. Just yeah. if, if you can at least go to sleep. So when I had COVID years, 2020, um, I was getting a delirium, like a delirious type of sleep that I was getting. I get people call it, why do I keep acting like there's not a term for this? People call it like a, uh, what, like fever dreams? Oh, yeah. Is that what they call it? Fever yeah, yeah, dreams? yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much what I had. But it was awesome to me because I'm a fucking weird, you know, druggie. So (laughs) like for me, it was like tripping. Like I'm like, oh, shit, like I'm experiencing this different world where I'm going in and out of sleep or consciousness. And there are these wildly vivid dreams that are taking place and. Sometimes I'm not quite certain if that's reality or not. So I've like, when I wake up, I'm like, wait, did that thing, ha- did I have that conversation with that person? Was that real? And I'm sweating because I'm fucking, I have a Whiting fever. I'm a fucking, yeah, exactly. So I'm fucking sweating. And again, for me, I like to sweat. Like I legitimately, I love to sweat. This goes back to the exercising too. So for me, Controlled form exercises in high intensity where I'm like, I'm consistently moving. Perfect exercise to uh, to kind of bring this to light, like the row machine. Okay. Like I love to try to focus on just like a meditative state of just like focusing on the pull every single time. Like, okay, I didn't like the way that my back felt on that. I need to straighten my back. Okay, how much of my biceps am I using? Okay, nope, I need more of my back in there. Okay, and like every row is a little bit different than the last row. And it, sometimes it's better, sometimes it's worse. But it's this meditative state. And, and you get to sweat. Rule. It's rhythmic, exactly. You get to catch your breathing in it and all that sort of stuff.
1: Do you ever go it's in a great. sauna?
0: Oh, I have been looking up portable saunas for the <laughs> home today. I'm looking at one now. It's like $368. Fits two. It comes with two of these little fold up chairs you can put in it. Now, this is this is where it's it's rough for me. I go to you ever been to like an Asian spa? Yeah. Um there's usually nudity involved at some point in it. There's this poultice room, they call it, that has various hot rooms you can go inside. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Now I like the variety of heat. Like I'll I'll go into a hundred and fifteen room just like I'll go into a hundred and ninety room. Now a lot of these are different. You have clay rooms and salt rooms and steam. S- steam room. Oh yeah, steam is very, very different than just regular log wood rooms or something like that. Yeah. And then I'll go in the cold room as well that's like, you know, 30-something degrees or whatever. And I'll just go sit on ice. For however long I can bear that and then get out after I'm done with all the hot rooms. Um, and then also do the, the sunflower for I don't know if you've ever seen one of those, but like a like it's like a, a sunflower bathing shower where it's just Arctic fucking water that just falls from atop of you for like 30 seconds. Now you can back out or get out of that stream of water whenever you want to, but I just sit in it for the entire 30 seconds. And it's just blistering cold, (laughs) especially coming out of a fucking hot ass sauna. And you just sit in there the whole time. (laughs) 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 And you just do that the whole time because your fucking your heart is racing Racing. in there. But (laughs) in your mind, your brain is so stimulated afterwards like you're up. And I hear that the Andrew Huberman is a good scientist to hear talk about this, but that it boosts and it makes all the sense in the world. If you ever do that type of stuff, like just take cold showers at the beginning of the day or anything like that, like that cold exposure shoots your dopamine levels through the roof Mm -hmm. and for a long period of time throughout the day. So you will find people that do that kind of just naturally happier throughout the day, but it's fucking insane. But I love those saunas. So this is my issue. I, I love, I like for things to be able to get hot enough for me and the sauna at the gym just broke and it's at like 140 and I, I sat in there like 10 minutes yesterday. I'm like, this doesn't get, and I don't, I, it's like not getting hot enough for me to start, like for my pores to open up and for me to start sweating. So I'm wondering, I've probably been acclimated to like the 180 to 190 range Ugh. Um, which is really good for me. Like 175 to 190 is really, really nice. Do you feel
1: uh, like you're like cooking? N-
0: man, no, I feel really good. Gr- <laughs> what's crazy to me is, again, before it really, really broke, for some reason, it got to two, 205 in oh there. God. That's not enjoyable to me yeah. at all. Like you go in there, and you're like, like, it hurts immediately. Like it hurts.
1: Your skin is like
0: yeah, it's tingling. A, yeah, what like- the fuck is going on in here? But at 190, I can do I can do that. If it's if it's like between 170 and 180, I'm I'm relaxing, like I'm absolute relaxation, like it's sitting there for probably an hour. But anywhere between like 180, 190, I'm doing like 30 minutes in there, um, and I'll usually bring like a little bit of water and take a few sips here and there. But I love it. The ones that are portable are they reach like 120, 125. And I don't know if maybe that'll be good enough if it's this small enclosed area and it's not like it is at the gym where people are walking in and out of it all the time and there's these fucking break, you know what I mean? Like it's not fully designed dimensionally to map against the threshold. So there's always these little cracks where air is getting in and out. So it might be different. So 122 in this little fucking zip tent, that I would pretty much have in my home. Maybe that would be better.
1: And you could maybe just sit in there even longer.
0: And just sit in there even longer because it's in my house, like right? You
1: just like read a book or
0: whatever. Yeah, and they yeah I know they have little stands for that and stuff in there too, like little fold out stands like okay. you would have on an airplane, so you can sit your book in there or stuff like that. So I'm really, really thinking about buying one of those. Like truly
1: can never last longer than like 10 minutes in the sauna at the gym.
0: What do you know how hot yours gets?
1: I think like 150.
0: 150? That's okay. <laughs> yeah, so I think I've really gotten acclimated to just like very, <laughs> very hot uh, temperatures. Because that's what I was thinking when I was in there. I was like 140 degrees sounds like it's hot.
1: I mean, if you went outside and it was 140- 140
0: degrees, you'd be like, what the fuck is going on? I got to go back in the house. This is great. I can't survive out here. But that that but sunlight heat is different than like our manufactured heat for some reason. Like it's it's you're right. You could never go outside in 140 degree weather like that would be blaring. What What's the hottest it's been when you've been outside?
1: Maybe like 120.
0: Where, where were you?
1: I was on a, at a lacrosse tournament and the field was turf. So it had all those little black pellets and those were just soaking up the heat. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. My cleats, like, melted a little bit, like,
0: low-key. Oh, 120, and you out there playing lacrosse?
1: Yeah, I uh, ended up getting, like, extremely dehydrated and had to go <laughs> to the doctor.
0: <laughs> Is lacrosse the way that you tore your ACL the first time? Yes. Okay.
1: Okay, and you said earlier that it was from dancing that I tore my
0: Wait, video. you did, didn't you? Wait. No. Wait a minute. Hold give me minute.
1: give me some credit.
0: I could have sworn <laughs> there was a time you you tore you came back to me and you said, I went dancing. No, oh I'm so sorry. You didn't tear it. You tweaked it.
1: Okay. That okay. sounds more realistic. Okay,
0: okay. Wait, do you not even remember the time I'm talking about? Um. You don't even remember it?
1: That's hilarious. Was I limping around to the salamander or uh, something?
0: I probably, but you. I just remember you was like, yeah, you know how like I've torn my ACL. Well, like I went out and I wanted to dance and so I was dancing and I tweaked it. So, you know, now I got to do some, some physical therapy for that. I'm just like, why did you, why well, did why'd worst, you do that? The worst time. No, imagine? no, no, no. I'm sorry. It, it was okay. It was I, one or two things. It was either dancing or dancing or you had picked up recreational basketball
1: it was recreational basketball. okay i
0: don't know why I, said, I don't know why i said dancing maybe that just is on like on brand with you to just oh, go out and tweak it sure. dancing yeah <laughs> sure. yeah but okay yeah you took a recreational basketball and i'm like why would you do that like you don't even have to play basketball it just seemed like fun and you didn't even play basketball at the time right like you weren't mm-hmm. even a basketball player you're just like i'm gonna start playing basketball
1: yeah <laughs> i was also like 20 years old with a and torn just like acl yeah. things out you know <laughs>
0: and so yeah that's what it is it's watching you grow over time because i knew you yeah at age 20 21 22 20 yeah 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 and yeah. well i guess you're still because i'm still significantly older than you i guess what are you old well, how old are you I'm
1: 27
0: oh okay maybe not significantly at this point
1: yeah we're all just getting old now
0: yeah, old to the point where you start thinking about different things like sustainability over your muscles through the span of, of life.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think it like it took a second for me to realize like I have to have this knee for my whole life. Like
0: <laughs> <laughs> Well yeah, unless you plan on doing one of those wild ass again, I don't understand how it works, knee replacements.
1: Oh, I'm sure I will I will need a knee replacement at some point. It's pretty inevitable. Oh, geez, geez, After all my surgeries, I have like almost no meniscus left. You know, like your meniscus is like the cushion between the bones, keeping them.
0: Fucking guy, you know, David Goggins? No. The like marathon runner. He's just like this crazy personality. He was an ex uh, Navy SEAL. You find him on Instagram. He's just like the hardest man alive. And he's just constantly exercising and telling people to get up and push past the bitch inside of you that says, no, I'm going to stop. I'm going to quit. And he's just one of those super motivational dudes. He went from being like over 300 pounds and now he's cut like a Greek god. Okay. It's just like, yeah, just wild, wildly intense guy. But he runs hundreds of miles like in a day and he has no meniscus on either knee. Like he just runs a bone on bone and he just does it every single day. And it's just insane. He just pushes his body to just ungodly extents. Jeez. Yeah, so I'm not saying you need to become him, but I'm just saying you know, yeah, take take care of yourself. But yeah, as long as you continue to do what it is you're doing and you know keep your muscles strong around all of those ligaments and stuff. I mean that. I mean hopefully that gets you through for a while.
1: Yeah, I think um, I had a bit of like a wake up call the summer before I started school because like that was 2021. Gyms had been closed. I hadn't really been exercising that much, and I went out like. When you went to Richmond, did you go to the river at all? No. Okay. So they have this huge like park system in Richmond where you can like go do hikes along the river and then kind of like jump out on the rocks and get and like swim and lay out on the river. So I'd gone out with a friend and we had walked like maybe like we had like hiked like two miles around the river and then like decided to go get in the water and swim and like go out to the middle of the river by jumping on rocks.
0: Very nice.
1: It was fun. That sounds like fun. And, you know, I hadn't even been drinking, I had one beer, and we're walking back, and I just, like, jump, go to jump on a rock, and I slip, and my knee just goes, and, like, it, like, I basically, like, retweaked it. and then we had to hike like that 2 miles all the way back to the car after i just like tweaked my knee i was crying the whole time i was a uh, i was being real dramatic and i go to the doctor and the doctor is like all right like let's get you let's get you an mri he looks at the mri and is like okay, how, like, you're 27, like, this looks like someone who is, like, in their 50s. Like, the amount of damage you have in your knee, like, you should never run again, you should never jump again, you should basically keep exercise, like, super light and low intensity for the rest of your life. And I was like, okay. Hmm. First of all, I'm just gonna listen to my body, and if it tells me that I need to, like, keep it lighter, I will, but, uh, I, like, getting told, like, at, I was 25 at the time too. getting told at 25 like you'll never you should never do any of these things again I yeah. was like whoa um yeah and I like mostly listen to them I don't know I feel like also doctors like orthopedic surgeons they want to cut people open like that's like what they want to do and right. so he offered me like some extensive surgery he Mm -hmm. was like it's gonna be like a year and a half recovery all of this stuff and i was like let me just go like try physical therapy like get myself moving again and like since since that point and like me exercising getting myself moving keeping those muscles strong like have had no issues with my knee have gone to concerts have been running around like you know doing my thing and
0: is there anything um nutritionally that you do to try to stay strong at all or do you even really think much about that
1: i think about what i eat i'm not like out here just like eating pizza and cupcakes and whatever else all the time like i do think about what i'm eating but i don't like it's not like my main focus or my main interest i think i don't know
0: yeah you're not trying to do you take supplements at all
1: uh like daily vitamin, vitamin C. Sometimes I take some turmeric. Is it
0: daily vitamin like a multivitamin yeah. type of the deal? Yeah.
1: Sometimes I take turmeric if I'm feeling like inflamed, you mm. know, like my stomach feels inflamed or something like that. But um, I do have a bunch of vitamins, though, because I got, I got diagnosed with Lyme last summer.
0: Lyme disease? Yeah. So what do you, okay, what has that been like? <laughs>
1: Um, it was kind of random. Of course, I was at Bonnaroo, <laughs> <laughs> and I like noticed this like really weird bug bite. Like it's huge. It's got like a ring around it. It looks terrible. So I like, go to the medic tent. I'm like, hey, like, Is, am I alright? And they were like, you should go to the doctor when you get home and get some blood work. I was like, all right, cool. So I get my blood work. I go to the doctor. I didn't have. I never had any symptoms. I just had that weird bug bite and I was like, Hey, like I had this weird bug bite, like I think I should get tested for Lyme. He was like, Yeah, sure. I come back positive. I'm on this ridiculous round of antibiotics. I'm talking I'm taking antibiotics four times a day. Hmm. Absolutely destroying my stomach. I couldn't eat, like it was it was a really rough and I was on antibiotics for like over a month. Wow. Um and Because that's, like, supposed to kill Lyme. And he was like, well, we caught it early, so we should, like, really try and, like, go for it. So I'm on all these antibiotics. I'm not really able to eat much. So I did get some more, like, supplements at that time because that wasn't upsetting my stomach. That was something I could digest make sure I'm getting the nutrients. But, um, yeah, after the antibiotics, got more blood work. The Lyme isn't gone. He was like, just monitor yourself for symptoms. I'm like, okay, okay. if they like and if i get symptoms go back to the doctor i guess but um is
0: and there's no preventative measures to like make sure that it the symptoms don't come up in some robust way or that he said the he's, proliferation of them doesn't come back in some profound way
1: i mean he said he was like you know it seems like you care about your health like i eat my veggies i work out etc and he is like he's like you know I was like is there anything more I should be doing and he was like no just keep an eye on your symptoms but like some of the symptoms are like fatigue like tiredness and I'm like I really don't know if I can differentiate that from like being a student right
0: yeah (laughs) yeah. but
1: but um yeah I don't think I've had any symptoms just I now have Lyme I don't know
0: yeah, like, what that even means, like, to just say, because, yeah, because it is something that's perennial, like, it, like this is just an ongoing, yeah. like, once you have Lyme, like, you have Lyme.
1: Yeah, and it's, like, other symptoms are, like, joint pain, and I'm, like, is it joint pain mm. from Lyme, is it joint oh, pain from man. all my injuries? Fuck,
0: like- that's what's crazy about uh, the pre- uh, well, preventative measure. The, um what do you call it, uh, elimination diet. Like, or just elimination trials, you know, in people's lives where they're trying to figure out the root of some...
1: Like allergen symptom, or something. something.
0: that they have going on, exactly. So now they're just going back and I'm knowing people are like, okay, I have to try to cut out, like, these 30 foods. But I have to cut out these 30 foods throughout, like, the next fucking year or something because I have to... You have to stop eating, like, this type of food and then track how you feel for like another week or a couple of weeks just to see if that food has anything. And then you, you know, uh, there has to be some reemergence of that food. Like you reintroduce that food and then you drop another food out and then you're doing this thing like that's painstaking. I mean, I'm certain that people have gotten a lot of useful data from doing that, but man, that's a hell of a journey. Just like slowly dropping things out and substituting things and trying to figure out like what exactly is causing this pain? What is causing this lethargy? Like, is it that is this this disease that I got diagnosed for <laughs> that he's saying is is benign at this point? Yeah. Like, or or is it not? Is it me be, being tired because I'm fucking studying for my life? <laughs> you know, worried about this fucking practical exam I have coming <laughs> right. up or. Like, is it because I just went to that fucking concert that I knew I shouldn't have been at? You know what I mean? Like, like, where, like what the fuck is going That's a lot to try to... It's a lot of factors and variables to try to experiment with whilst you're trying to live an adult life. Yeah. With obligations.
1: Yeah. No, I think, like, if Lyme disease is affecting me, like, it won't be clear to me until... I'm out of school, <laughs> unfortunately.
0: Oh, man. And, and how long is that? Because you, you, I've known a few of you people that are just like lifers, just, light, just loving school, in <laughs> school, going to school, getting this master's, this doctorate, this, this, that, and the third. Mad diplomas. So how long does your schooling look like it is persisting for?
1: So I've been in school for a year and a half now, and I have another year and a half ahead of me. Okay. But then you can call me Dr. Court.
0: Mm. Is that what you're going to go by, Dr. Court?
1: <laughs> Maybe. Dr. Court's PT.
0: That'll be, yeah. W-
1: would you go there?
0: That'll be awesome. Yeah, I mean, sure. But then again, I see now you're working with, well, whoever you get to work with. Like These are mostly mostly athletes. You want to work with elderly people. I want to work with you,
1: old people, old, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so this summer I'll be at, like, just a regular outpatient clinic. Um, so that'll, I mean, I'll probably see a little bit of everything anywhere from children to, you know, elderly, Mm. because everybody gets hurt.
0: (laughs) And what is it specifically about elderly people that you want to be around? Do you just like old people more?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I like old people more, and I think, like, uh, like, exercise and movement like we've already talked about, is like already like keeping someone's longevity, but also like exercise movement can fight. You know, as you get older, you're more likely to have hypertension. You're mm. more likely to have diabetes. All of these things where exercise is actually like one of the best like treatments. The cure, yeah. Yeah, so it's like I feel like it is like more meaningful. Like it can be more mm. meaningful to them to keep moving can be more meaningful to them to keep their independence and to keep their ability to go to the grocery store and walk around the block and all of these things that like seem like kind of mundane to you when you're younger but become so much more meaningful as you get older and you see people around you not being able to do like, not being able to take a shower by themselves Mm -hmm. or like all of these things. Um,
0: And have you already heard in your field the maxim of don't do anything for people that they can do for themselves? Has that come across yet?
1: Yeah, uh, no, just, absolutely, yeah. yeah. We always wanna work within someone's abilities. So, um, like right now, we're in. I'm in acute care, like I said, and it's the hospital setting. So like a lot of what we're learning is like, can we like lift someone out of a hospital bed? But we're also always instructed, see what they can do first. Like always see what they can do. If they can get themselves out of bed, why are you lifting them?
0: So. A- agreed. <laughs> agreed.
1: Why are you putting your body under stress for that, you know?
0: Yeah, and, and debilitating them at, simultaneously.
1: Yeah. So it's always just like working within what someone is capable of and then making them capable of more.
0: Well, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of you, one, because again, I got to see, I didn't, it's not like I was there as a mentor and I got to see the uh-huh. whole thing. But just, again, knowing you from age 20 to where you are now. So we've known each other for seven years then, right? And like, I don't so, know
1: how you put up with being my friend at 20 years old.
0: <laughs> well, the same way that fucking you put up with me when I was 25, I guess. Yeah, 20, like it's just we were mm-hmm. drastically different people back then. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's so funny to think about. Uh, So funny to think about. So, yeah, it's just been really cool to see you talk about this thing that you wanted to study and do and do and how that was going to look for you because I think at first you you were mostly talking about athletes
1: oh yeah you
0: know and like so now seeing how that has evolved along with just you as a person and how you carry yourself and talk and the things that are on your mind and seeing you here seven years later (laughs) and you're here and again it's like oh fuck you're doing that thing that you were talking about like that's always I always love to see that happen for people yeah. Just like you just keep doing it, keep your mind there, keep steady, yeah. get rid of all those fucking distractions. And, you know, we're not always good at that, but we get better and better and we scale back. We scale right. back and you fucking do the thing. And that's awesome. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, ha- I'm proud of you for that. And I'm also yeah. happy that you just that you popped up here and <laughs> just did this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, it was no, a year and a fun. half ago that we talked. So I'm glad that you were just like, yeah, sure. I'll come over there. We can chat, whatever. <laughs> yeah. So I'm glad we did this. Yeah. High five. Thank you very, very much. This was episode 162 of my my podcast.
1: See, you're staying persistent with what you want to be doing, too.
0: I am. (laughs) I am. Thank you very much for being here. Let's uh, shut this bitch down. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.